Hi, this is Erica Potter. And this is Hunter Willis. And this is Hot Girl Briefing. Hi, everybody. Hi, Erica. Hi, Hunter. What are we going to be talking about this week? We are talking about Djibouti and our Kiva BRI. Is it okay. Djibouti, Djibouti, or DJ Booty? Djibouti. <laughs> That's what I thought. I just, that country's name has always been so funny to me. No offense to any people from Djibouti who are listening. I just love the name of your country. We've just never been able to know the true pronunciation until, you know, then all of a sudden you start saying it all the time. You're like, no, it's just Djibouti, but. Asylum so, D. Don't think yeah. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, you know, throws you through a little bit of a loop. You've heard of Asylum P, but you've never heard of Asylum D. So here we are. <laughs> here we are telling the world about it. But okay, so let's just start off with a little bit of background. So where, Erica, where is Djibouti? The Horn of Africa. Right, right there. Right there, right at the horn. So great name, don't know, great location. Exactly. So if y'all don't know where the Horn of Africa is at, it's on like the northeast side of the continent of Africa. And it's like a pretty small area, right, Hunter? Like small but mighty. Yeah, the Horn of Africa is not, it's not super large. I mean, Africa as a continent is absolutely massive. So while we're saying, yeah, it's not super large, it's definitely still a large area, but comparatively to the rest of Africa, the Horn is not, it's not the biggest part of Africa. And I know, like I said, it's small, but it does have quite a bit of, how do I say this, ingredients, like in a recipe, there's just a lot of ingredients there. I I didn't know, I couldn't think of a better way to say it, but for example, like a U.S. base, we have a U.S. base in Djibouti. I know I've heard about it before. I don't know what goes on over there, but in relation yeah, a to lot. BRI, we're going to be talking about most likely China wanting to get involved with Djibouti. So. Yeah, so there's actually a lot of other military connections within Djibouti. So the U.S. does have a military base there. It's more of an air base, just like the Japanese base that is there and the French air base that's there. Um, Italy also has an air base there. So there's there's multiple connections within Djibouti that, you know, Djibouti does house a lot of different militaries within their sovereign borders, which is a little, you know, interesting to see because you don't see countries hosting that many military bases unless they're under kind of like occupation and a war. But here you're seeing it as a diplomatic means, which is really interesting. So because the French are there just because this used to be a quote overseas territory of the French. But then when it became a sovereign country that is now known as Djibouti and not just a French overseas territory, they are obligated the French are obligated to help protect Djibouti at this point yeah I feel like it's one of those countries where like I hear about uh the U.S. military base in Bahrain so I feel like Mm -hmm. it's one of those where there's just like a lot of different uh, like I said ingredients there's just a lot of different hands in the pot going back to that kitchen reference and like I said since this is our keep it BRI I'm assuming this has to do with China wanting to put their hand in the pot Yeah, so when it comes to why China would want a military base here, it's essentially China wanted a base within Africa to help protect its economic interests along the BRI, especially when it comes to naval threats that are posed against Chinese economic interests. So there are there is a lot of piracy within the region. So that's one thing that China really has to look out for, because if you're sending all these cargo ships, but then they're just getting raided and then all of your, you know, profits are being taken away that's not really a viable economic incentive to keep on going and placing more and more investments within these countries that are within Africa 
in this piracy zone. So essentially China put this base here to help with military logistics of anti-piracy operations and UN peacekeeping missions, but eventually it turned into a full-blown strategic military base to where China never said that it wasn't going to be, but here we are and we're seeing a lot more developments come out of this where China just completed its large pier to where it can house deep water vessels such as aircraft carriers, which is a big, it's a big thing for the Chinese military at this point. The People's Liberation Army is what the Chinese army is officially referred to. And then it's the People's Liberation Army Navy. So PLAN instead of the PLA. So PLAN is pretty excited because now there is a whole space to house these aircraft carriers, not only in China, but now across the world. And so now this is essentially setting China up on the global stage for a naval power. So China, as part of their Belt and Road Initiative, they have the space already in Djibouti or they're like logistically trying to figure out how they can get on there? So at this point, it has already been constructed. It started, the decision was made in November, 2015 to create the base. And then the base was finished in August of 2017. So within two years, the base was finished. But then as the base was finished, the piers were still being built. So one of the piers just got finished being built within this last year. And this is China's first military base outside of China since North Korea in 1958. So it's a big deal for them. It looks like this is uh, China's first base in a long time since North Korea, like you just said. Are we going to be seeing any more, aside from China expanding into Djibouti, like, I mean, between 1958 and what is it now, 2021? I, I can't do math this quickly, but that sounds like a lot of years. So are are we going to be seeing this in the future? Are they going to start putting their hand into other pots? Like, are they going to go for Bahrain? I don't know if they're going to go for Bahrain, but there are a couple that China's really on the lookout for. These places would include Cambodia, Tanzania, the United Arab Emirates, and Kiribati. These are kind of like the top places where we're seeing the most, where we're seeing the most progress being made on the Chinese part within these countries to create these military bases. The United Arab Emirates is also on looking like a place where China's seeing some interest as well as Pakistan and Myanmar. Kiribati is honestly probably one of the top and most likely targets for China to extend its reach into the Indo-Pacific just because this is where China needs to really assert its presence across naval capacities. So with Kiribati, it, it's pretty much primed for China to go and create a naval base there. It's about 1,800 miles away from Hawaii, but it's one of those places of where the U.S. has recently not been super interested in. So within this last year, it's only received about $20,000 in foreign aid, according to Craig Singleton from Foreign Policy Magazine. And this is down from the $1.3 million that it was given in 2004. So you can see that this is not one of the U.S.'s largest priorities going on here, going from $1.3 million to $20,000. I mean, you can, you can, buy, you can buy a car for $20,000. $1.3 million, you can really put that into infrastructure, which is what China's doing to go and grease the wheels here and help create a better relationship with Kiribati. So... They also hold a fully staffed embassy on the island, whereas the U.S.'s closest diplomat is in Fiji, and that's more than 1,300 miles away, once again, according to Craig Singleton. So while China's helping restore domestic infrastructure on the island, 
the U.S. really isn't doing that much with Kiribati. And you would think that this would be kind of a top priority, especially since the U.S. has really moved towards a Indo-Pacific strategic approach for grand strategy in the past few years, ever since the Obama administration trying to move away from the Middle East, and then especially with Joe Biden fully pulling out of the Middle East and Afghanistan. So you would think that we would see more action going on here, but we're not. And this is a problem for the U.S. and its long-term goals of where China's creating these strategic partnerships and the U.S. isn't. The U.S. does have a relationship with Djibouti and we already have an air base there, but we don't, we don't have a base in Kiribati. We have a base in Hawaii, obviously. We have capacities and bases that we're able to use within the Philippines. We have bases that we can use in Japan. We have bases that we can use in Australia. But Kiribati, this is, it, it would be better if the U.S. would get to this first. However, at this point, I don't think we're going to. I think China pretty much has this one in the bag to get to this place first, if they want to go and create a naval base there. Well, actually, I was going to ask, like, Djibouti is a, uh ally to the United States, considering that it's like the only permanent U.S. military base in Africa. Mm -hmm. So I think with China only having a base in North Korea up until now, it seems like they kind of wanted to keep their military bases like with strict allies of China. Obviously, the United States is not really an ally of North Korea. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see that they would expand to Djibouti. And would you consider this like an allyship or because it seems a bit weird to go from not having really any bases except for North Korea and then just to have in Djibouti now expanding to Kiribati, which, like you said, isn't really having that partnership with the United States, but they probably could be, especially if China's trying to beat the United States to it or if they're just trying to do it for their own reasons. If mm -hmm. I were Joe Biden, I would try and like, you know, make my presence in Kiribati too and make my allyship there. I wouldn't necessarily say that Djibouti is an ally of China. I would say that it's more of a strategic interest of China because this is one place where Djibouti is obviously open to having military bases on its sovereign territory. So this is an easy place to establish a base at this point. And then especially with how active China has been within Djibouti in terms of the BRI, we've seen China's, China's heavily been investing in the infrastructure sector of Djibouti I mean, Djibouti's seen its public debt increase from 50 to 104% of their GDP from 2014 to 2018. And we're seeing Chinese loans that are being given to Djibouti at the end of 2017. It was amounting to almost 77% of Djibouti's annual GDP. So obviously this is contributing to a large portion of their debt. And this is all according to Jean-Pierre Cabestan coming from the Journal of Contemporary China. With this, I mean, we're seeing that Djibouti is more of an area of convenience for China, but it also helps to have these heavy investments being made into Djibouti to really be like, okay, well, cool. I've invested this much money there. I'd love to also do this. And at that point, you're not really in a position to say no. If you're receiving this large of an amount of loans from this country, you're not getting the same thing from the US and France and Japan and Italy. They, they're not competing in turn, they're not competing with China and foreign direct investment on the same scale that China's going at. The US, yeah, loves foreign direct investment, loves foreign aid. However, China's just going at it. China's like, you want to do this? Cool. Guess what? We'll find a way to give you money for it. We'll create this project for you. We'll increase infrastructure within your country. We'll go for it. Whereas the US doesn't always do that because Western-based institutions, they don't always lend countries' money for projects that they don't see a high profit return on, whereas China 
they don't necessarily need to see a high profit return for it. They'll still loan you the money. But at this point, it's easier for countries to get loans from China than it is from Western institutions, especially if they're developing countries and they're not developed countries because Western lending institutions just tend to favor Western countries just by their very nature of how they were created. Yeah, I mean, similar economic interests when it comes to Western countries, I think they're more in favor of countries that have alignment in their economic values, because especially if you like invest your foreign aid into a country that may not necessarily have as a developed capitalistic robust system that we do, they're not going to see the same profit margins that the United States would expect them to have. So I can see where, again, with that capitalist mindset, you would be like, I'm not going to invest in this. This is not a worthwhile like investment to put my money into. And China's over here just like, I'm so rich. I can do anything I want. I can put all my money into weaving baskets for all I, for all I care. Exactly. And at this point, so I would say that Djibouti is not necessarily an ally to China. I would say that it's more of a economic area of convenience for them because this suits a lot of their needs. It suits strategic needs of needing to be able to go and, you know, implement naval power against piracy. It helps create better ground positions for UN peacekeeping troops within Africa. It helps for China having an overseas military base. And then it also helps China project power onto, hey, guess what? I have an overseas military base, the same place that the U.S. has it. So clearly, I'm also competing on the same scale that the U.S. is. So I think I wouldn't say that it's more of an allyship. I would say that it's definitely a very conveniently strategic place for China to be putting a military base. Well, do you think that this could cause tension with the existing military bases on Djibouti? I think so, just because there's already been some contention between U.S. military bases and Chinese military bases. You're hearing reports of lasers being shown from the Chinese base over to the U.S. base and U.S. military assets. So you're seeing kind of some contention between the two, but it's not like you're seeing missiles going over each other's base at this point. It's not like North Korea shooting a ballistic missile over Japan. You know, we're not, it's not at that extent. It's more of just a nuisance extent. Well, so like you said, they've been interested in Kiribati. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see how that military potential Chinese military base pans out. Maybe Joe Biden will listen to this episode and be like, you know what? They actually made a good point. We should... <laughs> Put a base on Kiribati. Actually, put a base in all the islands. Listen, if Joe Biden listens to this podcast, I we have, we have very pressing matters to talk about. Please, please DM us. We will be so excited to tell you all of our thoughts on policies. Clearly, if you haven't been listening to the podcast, we have our own thoughts about policies, but we would definitely be happy to voice them to you directly. <laughs> yes, Mr. President, we would love to have you on this podcast to talk about specifically China's Belt and Road Initiative and your moves on making a U.S. military base on Kiribati, potentially. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see in the future, especially since Chinese state media is saying that China's really not seeking out military expansionism or trying to get into an arms race of expanding their militaries across the world. So it's going to okay, be really interesting to see down what, the road. That's what hegemons always say. They're never going to yeah, go out yeah. and be like, you know what? I do want to start an arms race. I do want to go to war. No, they're like, no, we're not going to do that. We would never do that. Yeah. I mean, so like, like I said, 
it's this podcast we really should have just changed it to just being called let's wait and see because we are just going to have to wait and see what goes on in the future but judging by current trajectory it looks like you know china is going to be expanding in other places and it just it it makes sense for them strategically but like we said we'll we'll have to see how exactly china is going to go and navigate this in the future yes and how the u.s is going to navigate it as well and counteract anything that goes on that they don't like so it's gonna be really interesting to see how the two powers interact over all of this yes you can always count on hunter and i to keep you updated with the latest and greatest in bri news yeah i don't think any other podcast can touch us on that are they talking about politics maybe but are they talking about the bri are they keeping it bri with you there is another podcast or two that you know they they've also got some information on the bri but they're not your hot girl briefing. So we're going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you with that Gen Z approach. And you know what? That's what makes us different. <laughs> yes. You're going to hear from some Geminis, the superior Zodiac. <laughs> I think that we just are going to lose followers after saying that. We're, we're instantly down. We're instantly down listens now. <laughs> but with that, before we get into any more horoscope contentions here. We with respect will... to all the other horoscopes. Yes, we do respect all of our horoscopes. We truly do. Everyone's there. We respect everybody, although some of y'all are problematic, but it makes sense. It's okay. We're problematic too, us Geminis. <laughs> but with that, we will see you guys next week. So thank you guys for tuning into this episode. We just want to put a little disclaimer at this episode. Yes, it was supposed to be last week. However, we wanted to celebrate the holidays with our families. So Please don't blame us too much for releasing it. We're still giving it to you this Thursday and then there will still be another Keep It BRI next Thursday too. So you guys don't have to worry about that. There will be another BRI. We will be on our normal episode track next week. And then we will be all the way through the holidays. We will be keeping you guys updated on policies all through December. Yep, and we can't wait. Yep, so definitely check us out on our website, www.hotgirlbriefing.com. Check us out on Facebook. Let us know how you're feeling. Put it in the comments. How, what, what do y'all feel about this? Do y'all think that Djibouti was a great strategic choice? Do you not think so? Do you think Kiribati would be the next strategic choice? Let us know your thoughts. We're curious to hear them. Follow us on Instagram and give us a rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or listen to us on Spotify. I will advocate for Spotify to allow reviews because that needs to happen. It definitely needs to happen. But yes, also check us out on Twitter too. We're trying to be more active on all of our social media. So like we said, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a review, give us a rating. We want to know what we can do better to improve on. So let us know. And we will see you guys next week for a Keep It Brief. All right, bye. Hi, everybody. So we just wanted to hop on real quick and say, if you didn't see on our social medias, the Spotify wraps came out just this week. As a podcast, we're given our own Spotify wrapped. So with that, we saw that we have produced over 470 minutes of content for you in over 21 episodes within our first six months of our podcast being recorded. There were 21 episodes at the time of Spotify wrapped, and we were not only heard just in America, but also heard in 17 countries total. And that's just on Spotify. We wanted to come on and just say thank you guys so much. We were really not expecting this to be this big only six months later. We were thinking this might just go out to a couple of our friends that were interested in politics that would listen to Erica and I geek out about stuff. So we really want to say thank you to each and every one of you. 
genuinely from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you guys so much for tuning in every week. It really does mean a lot to us. And next year, we hope to have an even bigger Spotify wrap. So with that, we will see you guys next week for a Keep It BRI. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a good rest of your guys' week.